Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Your dog is more than just your bestie with the cutest face ever. Get to know your dog on a genetic level with an Embark Dog DNA test. Developed by veterinarians and PhDs, Embark analyzes twice as much genetic data as the competition, screens for over 210 genetic health risks, and tests for 350 breeds. It's top-notch science for your top-notch pup. Go to EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DOG, that's D-O-G, to get $40 off an Embark Breed and Health Kit or Purebred Kit with free shipping. That's promo code DOG to save today. There's never been a better time to find out why BetMGM is the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app and place a $10 Moneyline wager on any NBA playoff game. If either team hits a three-pointer in the game, you'll win $200 in free bets. Just use code CAPITAL200 when you make your first bet. Sign up now and discover BetMGM's daily promotions, boosted odds specials, and more. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use code CAPITAL200 to win $200 in free bets if either team hits a three in any NBA playoff game. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call Live from Springer.com slash C2C Radio Show. Corner to Corner is on the air. C2C Radio Show.com. Surprise, everybody. No, we're good with that. Uh, we are live from the Glass Enclosed Nerve Center of Culpeper, Virginia, where the triple threat is complete. That's one and two and three. You can count. Indeed. You can't much past that, though. I get a little lost. You heard him. He's here. Dangerous one, Rob Hefner. What's up? Well, hello, folks. And, of course, we've got Brian Taylor, the doctor, is in. How's it going, Brian? What's up? 
And that leaves me, little old me, just stand grabbing here. Hey, Stan. <laughs> hey, Stan. How's it hanging? Little to the left. Oh, oh. <laughs> I'm always happy to throw a, a dad joke out there. <sighs> okay, How back could that be a dad joke? I don't know. That's sick. It's just a bad joke? <laughs> <laughs> so it's been a, uh, wow. Uh, Full Gear aired last night. Great, great pay-per-view. We got lots to talk about for that. We got ratings to talk about. We're going to dive in just a little bit and look at uh, the ratings. Not really shifting, but the gap may have closed at least for the week. NWA Power, another great show. Um, Man, we've got a lot to break down, but let's go ahead and dive into what really just happened, and that's AEW Full Gear. Um, The news coming out of Full Gear... Let's just go ahead and, and identify some of the basics, and then we'll dive in match by match. No titles changed hands. So we've got still your women's champion, Riho. Yep. SCU, still your tag team champions. SCU. And Chris Jericho successfully retaining the championship against Cody in, in my opinion, somewhat dubious fashion. I just I, I didn't really care for... The way the match ended, but I guess let's go ahead and start with that. Let's start with the main event. No, no, no. You never start with you the main You never start with the main That's why it's the main event. But it... Uh, Can't triple Okay, fine. Damn it. No races? Thank you, <laughs> Okay, so let's start with the pre-show then. Let's start with the match that led us off, and that was Britt Baker and B... Is B, right? Yes. B Priestley. B Priestley. Um... And we talked about it a little bit before we got started, and one of the things that I'm noticing is that the the women, the female talent in AEW is vast. They have a great talent pool there, um, and it seems that Britt Baker may be the person that is kind of on the outside of that bubble looking in. I'm not saying she's horrible, but you could tell that B Priestley had a fourth and fifth and sixth gear where Britt Baker was still maybe stuck in second. Yeah, but... Again, let's look at, uh, because this was one of my points, her experience Mm -hmm. compared to the rest of them. I mean, Riho, for Pete's sake, started when she was, what, nine? That's right, nine years old with Kenny Omega getting thrown around the ring. So How how do you break into wrestling? Oh, Kenny Omega used to beat me up? Yeah, so (laughs) it's kind of hard to catch up with that type of experience. I'm sure if you look at the experience across the board, especially with the international uh, superstars, uh, they've been doing it for a long time. I mean, there are schools Mm -hmm. that you can attend over in the UK at 9, 10, 11, 12 years old. You don't have that stuff over here. Some states you can't even get in the ring until you're 18. So some of these people have been, I mean, training for years. So I think she's behind the eight ball, but I do think this was her best Singles match. Yeah, I would say so. Um, th- this outing was a lot, uh, a lot cleaner for her. Mm-hmm. She looked like she was at least on pace with B Priestley for most of the match. I didn't really see what I didn't see from her, which is the, which the things that stood out before. I didn't see really any botches, any major goof ups, or or just not being able to keep up. It just to me seemed like it was you've got B Priestley, you've got Awesome Kong, you've got all these ladies that are really at a different level and I think it's going to take her 
I don't know how long it takes, you know, what that timeline is, maybe six months a year, to get to that point, at least to the entry level, to make sure that she's really able to keep pace with these ladies. Yeah, I, I mean, if there were uh, botches on her part, I don't think they were big enough to where I actually paid much attention to it. Unlike in the past. Yeah, yeah, nothing you know. that really jumped off the page to me. Um, which, you know what, to your point, that does speak volumes for her improvement. Um, because it was her matchups in the past, starting from uh, Double or Nothing, that we've been able to look and say, yeah, well, if you've got something to work on, it's going to be Britt Baker. Well, right. Maybe she's finally stepping it up. All right, so here we go. So I just looked it up, and from what I see, August 1st, 2015, was her debut. Was that Women of Honor, or was that... Uh, no, I'm not. It doesn't say Women of Honor. Just okay. She was trained by International Wrestling Cartel, so I'm not sure if it was Women of Honor or not. I will say this: it was cool to hear Taz at the desk again, doing play-by-play for this matchup. He sounded good. He didn't sound like he had any kind of uh, rust whatsoever. I would like to hear more of Taz in commentary for AEW. I wonder if that's even a possibility. Uh, I think I think you'll probably start getting him on Dark. Uh, yeah. I think Dark is going to become a second show, a uh, big-time second show, and I think it'll get Golden, what's it, Golden Boy. Golden it, Boy and... Uh, and uh, Taz, I think, would be a good yeah, I could see that mix. commentary team. That actually kind of reminds me of kind of how Michael Cole... And Taz used to their chemistry. So, yeah, I could see that happening. Um, honestly, I felt like this would have been a better shot for Priestley to come out ahead. But Baker comes out with the win by submission with the, the lockjaw, which is the uh, rings of Saturn and the mandible claw wrapped up into one. And I'm glad she didn't rip her jaw off like she said she could. That's just That nasty. would have been nasty. Yeah. yeah that would have been nasty. But, hey, we would get more violence as the night would continue. Wait, wait, wait. wait. This, this. Tell them about who comes next. Well, that actually is is really cool. So the match ends. Baker taps out. Uh, uh, gee, I'm a Baker. Britt Priestley. Baker taps out B Priestley to the lockjaw. So Baker is done. She celebrates and walks out. But the lights go out, and when it comes back up, it's Awesome Kong, and it's uh, it's it's Brandy coming to the ring. Which, Brandy has had this transformation in recent weeks where uh, it started where Janie, Janie or Jamie, uh, don't remember exactly, uh, Hater, took on Britt Baker on, a, on a, the Pittsburgh edition of Dynamite. Baker Dynamite. wins, and then backstage they're doing an interview with Janie Hater, who had a great showing for herself that night, which I guess to the improvement point, you can credit to Britt Baker for helping her have a great showing. Uh, but anyway, Hater gets attacked by Brandy for no reason that I can figure out. And then, of course, that's that whole like mean smolder kind of look that uh, Brandy has. So suddenly we've got an angry Brandy Rhodes at the women's division. Is that what this is all about? No, that's been there for some time. If you go back and think about the early stuff, even the, the pay-per-views. Mm-hmm. So she's been angry before. So, Awesome Kong and Brandy Rhodes hit the ring. I mean, and yeah. <laughs> they get they get to the ring, and Kong decides just to lay it out. 
B Priestley. Just laid her out. Um, then this this one actually was. I was curious how they were going to do this, and then when they they did what they did, so Kong grabs a knife, and all I can think is, is she going to cut her eyes out? Because like she just it, it was one of those little hooked blades, and all I could think of was that scene from The Crow where the lady cuts the lady's eye out. Um, but no, so <laughs> Awesome Kong kneels down. She's in front of B Priestley's face, Let's go and I'm like, way over. right, right, yeah. I just went all the way. That's that's. <laughs> We're gonna go from somebody the, hey, up there. I'm gonna like, get your forehead. To, I'm cut. <laughs> <laughs> Some fan right now is going. Help the crow. These people are old. I was gonna say like I, I think like a handful of people may have seen that movie. I mean, you know, I'm I like that movie. But Not all of us could have a hat. You did have a hat, and I had hair. Okay, back to the uh, incident at hand. So it starts off, Kong kneels down, and this is why I thought she was going to do it. With the knife in her hand, I'm like, oh, she's about to make B just pay a real bad price. But doesn't quite go that direction. Instead, flips her over and cuts her hair. And then the gross part was she stuck it in her trunks, which I thought was absolutely nasty. Why would it be nasty? She didn't, like, put it... In her pants. No, she put it in her shorts. No, she tucked it in her belt. It didn't go in her pants. No, she had, she had pa- full on her trunks pulled out like she was dropping it in her, you know what I'm saying? I think you need That's to gross. go back and watch the replay. Nasty. Anyway, that that was how the the buy-in. I guess they still call it the buy-in, the pre-show. Uh, no, I think they, didn't they call it something else? I think they called it something else last night. So supposedly they taped matches for Dark this week as well. Ooh, so, at the pay-per-view. Yeah. Oh, so wow. I don't know if that's true. If you actually, uh, those of you listening at home, feel free to send us a tweet if you if you noticed that. But apparent that was the rumor I read earlier today. So we go from that pre-show match to starting us off, the Young Bucks against Santana and Ortiz. By the way, Santana and Ortiz are being called the Proud and the Powerful. I don't like that. That is a stupid name. Yeah, that is. Well, especially when you say, uh, what was it, Santana Ortiz, proud and powerful? Right, yeah. Uh, No, that's just... To quote Chris Jericho, that's a bad idea, a stupid idea for a bad creative. Let's go back to the drawing board on that idea, guys. Come on, proud and powerful. Just call him Santana Ortiz. Leave him alone. Yeah. I mean, I kind of doubt that Northam is going to fight him on using LAX. Uh, I would imagine they would fight him, but there's no need. You just call him Santana Ortiz. Yeah. Um, this match, though, was actually really good. It, this Finally, we got the Young Bucks looking like the Young Bucks. Like, we got a great tag match between the Young Bucks and Santana and Ortiz. And <laughs> in true AEW fashion, we get a surprise highlight out of the Rock and Roll Express getting involved and hitting... Ricky Morton, by the way, has to be insane. He's what? I'm thinking he's got some damage up up top, and he's just like, yeah, I can do it. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Yeah, Robert but, on the other hand going, hold on, man. I mean, it's not <laughs> like... Rock and roll, dude. I roll, never die. But that move wasn't anything spectacular. He used the ropes. Well, and he even had one of the Jacksons throw his legs yeah, over so. the Destroyer, yeah. But, I mean, he's... To my point, though, he is older. So it's not exactly as if he can still... Well, but he did let me ask Japan just recently. Let me he ask did you something. I didn't know this. Because apparently your voice put me to sleep. But did you announce the winner of the match? Before? 
before you went into that? The winner of which match? The tag team match. No, I haven't gotten there yet. I was yeah, just talking about the highlight. But that's a highlight that comes after the match. No, I didn't talk about the winner. So, this is the thing. And, and I am confused to an extent about what they're doing that with some of the main new. guys. Well, wait. Yeah, wait. I'm getting to the winner. I'm getting to the winner. <laughs> is it acceptable to go to Mickey D's just for a drink? <laughs> of course it is. But good luck leaving with just a drink. It's more than a drink. It's a Mickey D's drink. And right now, a small Minute Maid slushie is just $1.59. So all you have to do is choose a flavor, like the tropical mango or strawberry watermelon, and enjoy like it's meant to be enjoyed. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Literally, just keep, we just keep flying down that slippery slope. So the goal of AEW was to show... To showcase all of these talents that so many quote unquote people have never seen, right? The Young Bucks are one of your most recognizable tag teams, and yet they lost to Santana and Ortiz. Now, not that I have a problem okay, with Santana and Ortiz, but why would you have? I'm going to clean this up for you, but just so you caught let's, that, let's go back forth and, and you do that. Santana and Ortiz win win with okay. the street right. sweeper. So let's go, and I want you to think back to when you had. Vince McMahon coming out as the owner of the company doing dumb stuff, how it used to make you mad. Okay. Hold yeah. on. Let's think Shane McMahon. Mm-hmm. I mean, Shane just went through a program not too long ago, and we all knew that was stupid. Thank God that's done. Triple H and Stephanie. Okay. Now, we're not talking a general manager. We're talking part owners mm-hmm. of a company that are coming in using this bullcrap power to influence what goes on. Right. So, if the Young Bucks win, keep winning, what's it look like? Well, that's just it. They haven't really kept winning. They're not on any kind of streak. If they keep winning, you would all be screaming, oh my God, the Young Bucks have creative control. Right. And guess what? But There's no stopping them. At some point, don't you have to start pushing the talent that you're marketing your company off of? But they are. So, Santana Ortiz shouldn't be pushed? It's a fair point. Uh, uh, what do you call the other team they lost to in the tournament? Um, Private Party shouldn't be pushed? Well, I think that uh, those those are two good Pentagon and um, yeah Phoenix it's a pretty stacked shouldn't tag be roster. pushed yeah it's a pretty stacked tag roster that's true that division is heavy I mean so again if if you come out the gate and the Young Bucks are six and zero with the tag team titles right nobody's watching AEW nobody interesting if Cody is six and zero Holding the world title, nobody watches it. You can't have, as the owners or part owners or management or whatever they are, you can't just book yourself to win every time. Well, and to that point, the Young Bucks, I'm not sure what their record is now, but I want to say they were like 3-2 and two or something like that. Yeah, that's so probably So this will put tied. them at like 500. Yeah. And uh, this past Friday, 
uh, AEW released their first set of rankings. Mm-hmm. Um, so we saw the Young Bucks and where they're ranked at SCU, of course, Tag Champs, Private Party. The Lucha Brothers currently are the number one contenders for the Tag Team Championship. So that that's something that we're going to see more of. And it, apparently, according to uh, Cody and also to Tony, Tony Khan, this is going to be a, a very big focal point going forward for AEW as far as win-loss records. Oh, well, yeah, I imagine, I mean, what I think everybody's up to like six, five mm-hmm. or six, most of them. Give it another Roughly, couple yeah. months when they're, you know, 20 wins and 10 losses, and it really starts to level the field some. One thing that is notable to come out of the uh, tag match between the Bucks and Santana Ortiz is apparently... Um, Nick Jackson is he hurt his leg and apparently he's, he was seen limping quite a bit on Sunday as well oh, earlier today well even even in the Omega Moxley match yeah when he comes when out he to comes try to out, talk him out of it yeah, yeah. and yeah. you see him walk away and he's actually dragging he's still got that dragging limp. His leg yeah. yeah so hopefully he's okay but uh, we do know that um, I've noticed this both AEW and NXT right now are doing injury reports. Whereas before the Dynamite and NXT war, whatever, started, they didn't do that. So that's interesting. I've just noticed that both sides now have started doing injury reports, which is cool. It brings a little bit of a legitimacy and more realistic mm-hmm. feel to it. I like that. Um, but yeah, Santana Ortiz come out. Switch. It's also yeah. main switch like the football teams do, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. You keep somebody on the injury report, oh, they're listed day to day, I don't know. You know? So then if they keep Nick Jackson on the injury report, you know, oh, maybe, and then NXT producers are sitting there going, oh, he, maybe he won't be there on tonight. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, look, Nick Jackson's on. You so know? I wonder if that's what led both of them to start to try to do that. Because NXT did it first, and they, because they were trying for their, what we call it, uh, combat sports feel is what they started doing with SmackDown. So then AEW, I think it was almost like the next week, started talking about injury reports and who was not cleared and who was cleared for action. It's smart. I can't say I blame either side. Yeah, well, the other thing is, too, is maybe one side does it and the other the other company didn't even think about it. Right. And then just like this, it's like, oh, that's a brilliant idea. Let's yeah. start doing it. And it's interesting because it really does add a certain... Um, Mystique mm-hmm. to what can happen next week. So you always have that reason to go, well, wow, maybe maybe somebody new gets a shot. Or, you know, maybe and then, of course, you see the eventual, oh, he's supposed to be out. No, he's not. He's here. You know, one of those He's been fired. Guys. How did he get in the building? <laughs> right. I so, couldn't even carry my sign in the building. How did he get in the building without a ticket? Hey, Jericho buys tickets. <laughs> for the record. Um, so of course after after the Bucks and Santana and Ortiz, we get the Rock and Roll Express hitting the Canadian Destroyer um, and brawling. I, I I'm cool with the highlight. I thought it was cool, but it seems like there's a lot of we know your favorite so and so lost. Let's do a feel good moment after the fact. Is that just a thing like a new trend, or am I just Some, am I just late picking up? Something on it? tells me. Something tells me that this may start, this may be going back to the way they used to do, and we may have a super card in the future. That would be cool. Because uh, 
Don't the Rock and Royal Express win the NWA Tag Team titles? Yeah, and that's coming up in a couple of weeks, I think. Somewhere yeah. along the way. Man, how cool would that be? So, As NWA Tag Teams had the Rock and Roll Express. See, I was just getting on it about that feel-good moment, but still, it'd be kind of cool see the NWA Tag Champs against, I mean, anybody, SCU or no, I, so, you know, Santana and Ortiz. Uh, no, it, it's got to be the Bucks. I think the Bucks and the Rock and Roll Express would be the... The only way you could pull that tag that match off. That would be damn entertaining. Yeah. I don't know if it'd be a great match, but it would be Oh, no. There's a, I mean, they're still tag champs. Yeah. I think they can still go. And, they, I mean, they've been receiving rave reviews for what they did in New Japan, for mm-hmm. ROH and all this other stuff. So, I think they still go. So, the, the night starts off. Realistically speaking, if you if you ignore what happened on the pre-show, the night starts off where the inner circle is in control. That's basically the narrative that starts getting creative. They're going to be, you know, t- pulling out all the stops, doing whatever it takes, kind of thing. Sammy Guevara comes down to the ring. That's when the Rock and Roll Express, you know, go at it with them. So we go into the next match, which I wish I would have seen all of this. Pack and Hangman Page. What I saw of this match was awesome. And I love this view. I wish we could just watch this. This is almost like watching Omega and Moxley for me. I'm like, I could watch this all the time. Because these guys work so well together. See the chair, the chair spot? No, I, I did not see it. I was oh. pissed. Because I'm, I'm sitting there on Twitter and I, I was... You know, I had kids running around. I was half asleep as it was from the from the week, and I'm sitting there, and I, and I wake up, and all of a sudden they're announcing the winner. I'm like, "Son of a!" <laughs> I was not happy about that. Uh, so I kind of agree that I like to see more, but I don't want to see more. So this would be was this a rubber match? Was this match number yeah. three? Yeah, I think so. So the next one. You know, I guess it's probably going to have some major stipulation to it, but I think it might be time to relax <laughs> that because the, the other thing is too. So, like going in, Pack was number one, I think, in the ratings, in the rankings. Yeah. Well, now he just lost. He lost the Hangman. Mm-hmm. So technically, because I think my, who was number two? Um, well. Because of the fact that he's one and zero at the, at the time of the rankings when this match takes place, Mox would have been what number two or three. Yeah, my, there were, I, I think he was three. I don't. He may have been two. I don't remember. But so technically, Pack is going to slide down. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if it is Moxley. So I think Pack should. To me, Pack should be next in line for that. For that title. I want to see him in Jericho. I want to. See, that's what I'm saying. I want to see him in Jericho. But here's the too. thing: you got two bad guys now, because he's the bastard. Period. <laughs> You're not getting away from that. Are you, are you going to turn him good? How? Yeah. So I mean, he's like literally choked everybody out, right, so which is great, by the way. I think it's time that um, you kind of let that go, face and heel. I mean, sometimes bad guys fight. Mm-hmm. There doesn't always have to be a good guy. Just kind of let the fans decide. Well, not not even let them decide. Just let them fight. I mean, it's not like it didn't ever happen in the past. True. 
True. <laughs> and, you know, if the fans cheer for one of them, they cheer for one of them. I, I think that this only served to help both guys. You're right, because Pack needs to be able to be moved into something different. Right. And Hangman Page, you know he's going he's gonna to get a rematch. You know it's got to be coming. With who? Jericho? Jericho. Oh, yeah, but I think he'll, I think they will keep him steadily climbing mm-hmm. the rankings, and then he'll get the rematch somewhere down the line. Yeah. So, But I do think this was... I think his rematch will be against somebody else. I mean, it won't be a rematch. It'll be... So you think else. Jericho won't be champ by the time he gets another title shot? Right. Man, I don't know. I don't know either. I don't want to jump the gun on what we're going to talk about, but I have a thought on Jericho. Um, but but I do think there was a very a very an, I so I'm really starting to enjoy watching Pack. Yeah. And I wish the WWE had allowed him to do this. You know, the more I think about just all the different wrestlers that we've seen that previously were up up with WWE, it's these were guys that were good for what we saw. But we never got even a glimpse of just how good. Right. Like, if you watched uh, Dragon Gate, then you knew that Pac was legit, period. Right. And that was the only exposure I ever had to the guy. So I, when I saw him debut as Neville, I was pumped because I knew he was going to be awesome. But, like, I never knew anything about Sean Spears. Nothing. And then you see him as Ty Dillinger, like, man, he's got really, he's got something. Right. And you knew it, but you just didn't know what exactly. And then you see him now... With his mannerisms, how he walks to the ring, just his cold, calculating demeanor. It's like, damn, I never even knew he had that in him, mm-hmm. much less had the ability to just to be that cold. Which really brings us to the next match, which is Sean Spears and Joey Janela. Uh, this is probably the best match I've seen Joey Janela have. Uh, all right, so I'm going to have to admit, I got up at 3 o'clock yesterday morning, and I did kind of go to sleep. <laughs> for part of this. Yeah. Uh, but I do think what I saw was a pretty decent wrestling match. I still don't think they found the right guy for Spears, for for Spears to have that great match. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it's interesting to see Janela have a wrestling match and not so much of a hardcore thing. Joey Janela is telling good stories. Yes. His matches are getting better and better, and I think this is really a testament to his opponents. Because what is happening is, we know Joey Janela as a hardcore, I hate to say it like this, but spot guy, who does the high spots and everybody pops for, which is great. But what we're seeing with Joey Janela now is, wow, this guy can really go in a different type of matchup. And for Sean Spears to be the guy that's the bad guy constantly trying to break fingers. and BetMGM is pitching baseball fans a chance to swing for the fences. Register using code CAPITAL200 and win $200 in free bets when you place a $10 money line wager on any Major League Baseball game and either team hits a home run, regardless of your bet's outcome. Enjoy baseball like never before with BetMGM's daily promotions at your fingertips all season long. Sign up today and find out why nothing 
Nothing beats a win at the King of Sportsbooks. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Pull the hair like... Did you catch what he did in the corner with Janela's hair? Yes, where he tied oh, it to the rope. it was so yeah. ingenious. Now, no one has ever done that that I've ever seen. I think it. I think it's happened once 80s? or twice. I think it's. I think it's. I don't think he's the first. Something tells me it's happened before that the the rope has been used for something. He's so damn smart. I would. I think though that they should have, like after he ties the hair up. Mm-hmm. Is Spear should have tried to Irish whip him into the other? Oh, and yanked the hair out of him. Yeah, and oh, so you know, Janela just takes his yeah, bump. Yeah, if if at all possible, I don't know if you could have pulled it off. Yeah, maybe if you tied it lower on the hair and not quite so hard. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. But just straight, just tries to whip him as hard as he could into the other turnbuckle. Yeah, and then of course Janela just takes his massive. Like bump, yeah. Uh, you know, instead of Janela, you know, literally being the one to untie it. The one thing that AEW has been doing consistently since Dynamite started, and realistically before that, even on pay per view, is they've been telling the story in the ring. Mm-hmm. You know, you do get a little bit of backstory on camera, you know, interviews and stuff, but the stories are told in the ring. And Joey Janela just got a huge, you know, elevation in toughness. Because, you know, he was tied to a corner. He had nowhere to go, and he pulls his own hair out to keep fighting, which WWE's not going to take that risk. They right. just won't. For whatever reason, because it's not not PG, you know what I mean? You could right. get away with it. But it was smart. It was really solid. And the way this match ended was just textbook. It was perfect for Spears. Mm-hmm. So him and Tully Blanchard, they haven't been able to find a way to get on the right page. They just haven't. But... Last night was perfect because you had Spears fake like he's going to take the pad off of the turnbuckle. The referee goes to fix it, so then Spears turns and grabs Tully, and then they do a spike pile driver on the outside to Janela. And Janela, of course, sells it like death. So it was perfect. He rolls Janela in. And the, the subtleties that Spears is really mastering now is the facial expressions, the, you know, he's the forcing the guy up to his feet because he's supposed to be unconscious. All of those things is what's making him get so much better. And the way this match ended, which is classic. It was you couldn't have written it better, I don't think. Yeah, but and so that but that again is a testament to what AEW is trying to bring mm-hmm. to the table. Right? So they're trying to tell stories. Yeah. Whereas the WWE could care less about a story. And it you, I mean, think about it. Very few of them when they go to pick somebody up, mm-hmm. struggle to pick up a guy that's supposed to be out cold, yeah. and not just out cold, but outweighs them. Right, right. I mean, that some of them will literally pick him up by his shorts and throw him in the ring. Right, which basically kills everything that just happened. Right, that's a good point. And and you know, to your point though, with stories, I outside of the fiend, and maybe. Maybe the Becky storyline with uh, Sasha, 
they really haven't done a lot in the way of continuing the story. Even in NXT, except for right now with the Survivor Series thing, they they haven't done very well at keeping a story moving in a ring. You know, you don't see that, that how are you going to beat this person? How are they going to overcome it? They give them glimpses, but nothing, nothing close to what AEW is doing. But AEW does more of what New Japan does. They're shorter yeah, yeah. stories, mm-hmm. and the story is in the ring. The ring is the biggest part of the story. Yeah. The match. Yeah. You know, because, I mean, think about it. Uh, what was it, last week or something where Spears catches Janela smoking? Oh, yeah. And then him and Tully put the cigarette out on, supposedly it, it on the tongue. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, but that simple little three-minute segment, whatever it was, leads into a match mm-hmm. where these two guys actually start improving, and you can see them improve yeah. together on camera. And one thing you have to remember is Janela started in the backyard. He didn't go to some training school and go, ta-da, I'm a wrestler. He went just like the Young Bucks did and basically started his own thing and got noticed for doing all the wild and crazy stuff that he was doing and that's what got him to ultimately get signed by AEW. So we get an introduction of sorts to Kip Sabian again because he hasn't really been on TV too much. Mm -hmm. So they're backstage and Kip Sabian's being introduced in walks who I think might be might be the most attractive woman in AEW and that's Penelope Ford. Well, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not feeding into that. Ah, one. come on, man. I'm not feeding you know into right. that one. You know I'm right. Mm-mm. But uh, so now they call themselves the Super Bad Squad or Team Super Bad. We're not doing so great, by the way, on the uh, on the pairing names. Uh, let's maybe just leave them as. I don't names. know. That one's not as bad as Proud and Powerful. Proud and Powerful. <laughs> that one's bad. We're no longer. We're going to be the proud, powerful, and uh, power and glory. Yeah, why not? Power and glory. I think it's been time. (laughs) So, I will say though, the idea of Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford being paired together is kind of cool. Be interested to see where that goes. And it seems like they're trying to immediately push for a feud between Sabian and Janela. Yeah, because wasn't she with Janela? Yeah, yeah, and he was. He's the bad boy. And they're super bad. And you can tell there's the obvious, like, ah, let's, we're going to be better than him. Mm-hmm. So, uh, triple threat matchup for this AEW Tag Team Championship private party, the Lucha Brothers and SCU. Um, first match in AEW that I've not been able to keep up with. So Too much, fast? So, so much happening. I was, I, it was hard to keep up with. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, it was a great match. I mean, I liked what I saw of it, but it was hard to follow. It was just really quick to me. Or maybe I just was distracted, but it, it just seemed really fast. So, uh, yes, this this was the one match I completely slept all the way Did through. you miss completely? Yes, all the way. <laughs> the last thing I remember was, I, don't, I didn't even hear super bad squad. Oh, wow, okay. I, I, I know they had Kip Sabian, and then What's Your Name comes in, and it's like it. out. <laughs> Down goes Taylor. <laughs> Um, let's see, what were the standouts for this? So, there were a couple spots with SCU that I think, I, I'm still wondering if perhaps Kazarian's hurt. Is he, working hurt or what? Because he took uh, her Karana from, I want to say it was Cassidy, 
Isaiah Cassidy, and when he goes for that role to to really complete it, he just he just kind of slobs down. Not I don't want to say slobs down. He just kind of flopped. Both of them sound bad, but he didn't land well. When he gets up to his feet, he's clearly not there. He's up, but he's not up. That kind of thing. Oh, I mean, it's highly possible though with Daniels officially being out right now. I mean, think about it. If Daniels was out and then Kazarian was out, well, there goes your tag team. And now all you got is the Scorpio Sky. <laughs> and and we're going back to <laughs> right. We're having tag team tournament number two. Yeah. Well, and and the thing is, we were talking about it earlier. You know, who deserves a push? Who deserves the attention? Well, this is three top-notch tag teams. I mean, Private Party proved their worth when they took on the Young Bucks. They had a great match with them during the tournament. So, to me, I'm I'm getting more and more partial to certain folks in AEW. Like, Luchasaurus is my favorite guy there. My favorite tag team is probably, probably going to be Private Party because I just like what they do. But I can't help but point this out, and I'm sure you've heard it. Damn if they don't try to look like the Street Profits. Or maybe it's vice versa. I don't know who came first, but it's like watching mere images. Oh, yeah, you got the Street Profits over there on Raw? Well, guess what? On AEW, we got Private Party. It's like watching the same tag team, just in different colored tights. I don't... But that's not a dig at either one, because both both teams are great. So I'm not trying to put down either team, but it is like watching a mirror image when I watch those guys perform. I, 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 I just think it's two teams that are trying to embrace just coincidentally what they, they like, like sure. each other I mean I, I don't it's I don't think it's clearly not like not deliberate uh, deliberate yeah, yeah it's yeah, not yeah. like uh, demolition of the road wars no hey you know what I'm saying I don't know I think both first. of these teams I was teams just about to say been, demolition came first but I don't know <laughs> no been wrestling for some time <laughs> no I get beat up by two oh my god <laughs> do I need to take your attention to the book over there what book? Over where? I don't see any book. <laughs> now, maybe one is influenced by the other, but I, again, if if they're legit from where they say they come from, why wouldn't you embrace? I think it's smart. I mean, I just I notice them and I watch their mannerisms, how they perform. It even if it's not deliberate, it's even more so startling to how similar they are because it's eerie. Yeah, I mean. Who knows? Maybe they're all friends and How they're, cool just, would they're that just be? doing it to <laughs> they're do doing it. They're doing same group. I mean, it's not the first time we've seen something like that. Um, the Lucha Brothers, again, here's another tag team that, to me, would have made perfect sense for them to be champs right out of the gate. Sure. And I have a feeling they're going to be the next set. I think Private Party will get their moment, but I think it's down the road. I think Lucha Brothers are going to be who beats SCU. But... I think Lucha Brothers are going to be the ones that, like... They'll be champs, but they're also only here for a little bit. Well, here's the thing. Before SCU gets a chance to defend their titles against the Lucha Brothers, they get to defend their titles this Wednesday against Chris Jericho and a partner of his choosing from the Inner Circle. I believe I saw uh, Twagger. Jack. Jack Hager. Jake Hager? Jake Hager, yeah. So that... and and. I don't like it, but I do like it. That gives me a sneaky suspicion that they're going to win the tag straps from SCU. I just, I, I see it almost like NW, NWO-esque in that regard. I don't think they're trying to just monopolize, but I think they're trying to create like a, you've got an unstoppable group 
it's going to take something super special. And, and Cody hinted at it this past Wednesday. Well, it'll probably be MJF then. Oh, my God. But we'll, 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 yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get we'll to get that, to that. But uh, this triple threat tag match was very good. But, again, it was very fast. It's very fast-paced. Um, but guess who makes their return at the very end of the matchup? So after SCU successfully defends the tag team championship. Dark Order? No. No. That would have been cool because I would have dug that. But, no. So the Lucha Brothers are pissed that they lost. So they attack the champs. So all of a sudden, Pentagon Jr. is in the ring facing Pentagon Jr. And I mean, straight up, they're mirroring each other's motions and everything. It was super well done. And the next thing you know, we see, uh, what does he call it? The, uh, The Last Rites. And it's Christopher Daniels under the mask. And he just beats the piss out of Pentagon Jr. Wow. So Christopher Daniels is back with SCU. And we could get that feud, which I think will be really good. The question then is, well, who's the third? Who do they bring in for a six-man for that? Well, it's hard to say. I'd like to see it be like Dragon Lee or Bandito or somebody. I don't know. Oh, isn't Bandito tied up with uh, ROH? Yeah, well, both both he and uh, uh, Dragon Lee are both tied up with ROH. Yeah, then it probably won't Bandito be Bandito and ROH, yeah. But, um, so, yeah. Christopher Daniels is back, and I think we're going to get a chance to. I think, I think we're going to get a chance to see the Lucha Brothers in SCU, but they got to get past this Wednesday, so we'll see with that. Now, did did you catch the women's championship match? Yes. So not all of it. I had no idea about only uh, half of it. I didn't know that Emmy Sakura existed. Like I had no idea about this lady. What do you mean you didn't know? She's I didn't been know. on. She's been on their program. I know. Multiple so I'm like, I'm like, who is this woman? Why is she fighting Rio? But they had a great matchup. Like it was really, really good. Rio has yet to have a bad match. I don't think she's had a bad match yet since starting in AEW. I so I think she has trouble sometimes during a match, based on her size mm-hmm. and her opponent's size. There are sometimes the moves just, for whatever reason, whether the bigger person kind of like just flings her. Yeah. You know, goes a little too hard with her or something. And it just looks bad. You just get that feeling like, oh, poor girl. Yeah, like, you know, a a slam. (laughs) Who's hurting that child? Yeah, you know, they'll go (laughs) for a slam. We're beating up that elementary school student. (laughs) I mean, it's only a matter of time before, like, Kong or... uh, Nyla Rose gets her I think hands she'll on lose it before that. Well, I, I, Nyla Rose Rose is a prime example. I think Nyla was wasn't accustomed to throwing around eighty pounds. Yeah, it looked like she was uncomfortable <laughs> with just the ease that she had yeah, with first throwing time she threw her, her in the match. Her. Was like, oh, oops! <laughs> I can see on Nyla's face, like, oh, <laughs> my bad. <laughs> Maybe a little too hard on that one. <laughs> but uh, Sakura and Rio. Just a tremendous back-and-forth matchup. Uh, Rio retains the championship after, I want to say this was a 25-minute match. These ladies really left it all in the ring. There were crazy moments. And I, I think with this match, this match should set the WWE and make them stand up and say, uh, so we've done some pretty good women's wrestling. Yeah. But this is what women's wrestling 
looks like. Yeah, and I mean, it really that this should be a okay if we're going to do the May Young Classic again, if we're going to do these pay per views and moments for them for the women, then we need to make sure that we're doing this mm. because that is, I think it's a truer example of what women's wrestling can and should be. Because with what WWE has done up till now, we really haven't seen this level. Right. We've seen glimpses, but nothing at this level. Mm-mm. I mean, and even then, it's few and far between. You know, it takes Becky and Charlotte and Sasha and even Bailey to some extent. Mm-hmm. Or a May Young Classic where you're bringing in people from all over the place. Right, right. Which supposedly we're seeing another one of those this year, but I have not heard anything as to like when. So maybe we see it early next year. Yeah. So, but, uh, I mean, talk about the finish, though, the way Riho kind of snakes around her. Yeah, what in the world? So there, there's these, these moments that we just have that are difficult to describe. So, and I'm looking at a transcript of it just so I can describe it properly. Um, so Rio hits the double knee to the face, and these women are now picking up the pace. They're going back and trying to trying to get the better of one another. So Sakura manages to get <laughs> and again I'm I'm just trying to make sure I describe this right. So Sakura manages to to avoid another knee to the side of the head, but does get caught with a roll up. And the way that Riho did it was it wasn't your typical like she's just waiting in the wings. She snakes around her leg, and then gets when, duck, tucked in. Yeah, but not just her leg. Yeah. I mean, she starts at her head and, like, literally goes around her twice right. to yeah. get down to her leg. So she manages to avoid the knee, but when she avoids the knee, Riho just grabs a hold and just slides her way, slithers her way down the body mm-hmm. for a roll-up that was really slick. And mm-hmm. it was a good way to end the matchup. Um, I w- wouldn't mind seeing these two go at it again. It was really impressive. And again, I, shame on me for not being up to speed on Sakura because apparently she's been there tons of times. According well, to yeah, I mean, she was yeah. um, she was in a six man match. Was she at Double or Nothing? Uh, yeah, she was in, in the, the, in the, the six man. Yeah. Wow. Um, God, she's been on TV once or twice. Well. Just goes to show, I'm still catching up. Well, may, yeah, and I mean, Dark. I think she's been on Dark. <laughs> well, I'll say this: I haven't seen much of Dark. I watched the Dark you that we were there for, and I watched, I think maybe one or two others. I just haven't had a chance. Here's a pencil. Gouge your eye out. Oh, okay. I'll use also Dark, dark knife. That's what I'll dark use. Dark normally has one or two matches that are better. Yeah. Than- well, Omega on, and Janela was amazing. Yeah. That was a great match. So I would have loved to have been there live for that. Yeah. So it, I mean, but it's crazy. They they normally stack dark, and there's one one or two matches that are just as good mm-hmm. as anything you'd see on the live program. So the women's match was was great. We get to a match that, in my opinion, and, and the way this world championship match was set up. There were so many different avenues for this match to go down. You had three judges on the outside, which, unnecessary, but okay, nice little twist. You had the fact that this was MJF and Cody's corner, and you had, was it Hager? Hager. Yeah, Hager and Cody Rhodes' corner, or Jericho's corner. So now you've got that dynamic. Then you've got, if, if I don't win the title, I'll never challenge for the title again. You got that dynamic. All of these different dynamics going into 
this world championship match. And I'm thinking to myself, man, this is the most overbooked buildup that I've ever seen. And it, the question was, okay, so how is this really going to play out? Is Cody going to win the championship and oust Jericho not right now? Well, that didn't seem like it would make a whole lot of sense, but it would be a good moment on TV. You know, is it going to be the inner circle just dominating? Well, they didn't do that. Instead, we got something that I don't know how I didn't see this coming, but apparently I'm the only guy in the room that thought, they're not going to turn MJF tonight, are they? Yeah, but oh, any, God. any other time you think that, Right, you, yeah, you're your right. Own you're right. I'd have been the guy saying, "Oh, he's turning. It's over. He's turning." <laughs> I'm like, "Son of a!" So, first off, let's give credit where it's due. Chris Jericho has another great showing for himself. Um, fifty years old now. Uh, forty nine or fifty. I forget. I think he's forty nine, but it might be. Yeah. How he manages to do this, night in and night out, at, at this level, at this age, is unheard of. And a testament to his his fitness, and the fact that he's still, if I'm aware, dedicated to DDP yoga. So there's that. Cody goes for a suicide dive and just whiffs, misses, just completely past Jericho, and then decides, I don't know, it's a good idea to take my face and go face first into the ramp, and gets a gash over his eye, like uh, about the shape of a of, of a letter C, basically over his eye. Blood just starts coming out. And the first thing I think of is they're going to do the Lex Luger Ric Flair finish. Oh, he's bleeding too much. And they got the three yeah, but judges. Yeah, they got the, yeah, exactly. Back, back, back. Pump your brakes. Pump your brakes. Pump your brakes. So they're in Baltimore. Right. Okay. Same city that did that in. Yep. No. It wasn't Ric Flair and Lex Luger they did that with. It was Dusty Rhodes and Ric Flair. In Baltimore. I wouldn't surprise me if they'd done it there too, but they've done that with Luger. Yes, but that was Dusty and Flair first in Baltimore. Either way, I was figuring that's what's going to happen. I'm like, oh, this makes sense. I'm like, okay, he doesn't lose, but he couldn't keep going because of the blood loss. So I'm thinking that's going to be the way this ends. Nope. We finally get to a point where Cody is hitting the crossroads, and I'm like, oh, this is it. We're going to see it. We're going to see a new world champ. Somehow Jericho gets out of the crossroads, kicks out, avoids Rhodes avoids the Judas effect. Then he gets put in the walls of Jericho, straight up Boston Crab in the middle of the ring, makes his way to the rope, and I can't remember exactly how he got back down to the mat. It was a code breaker. It was a code breaker. So he goes for the flash kick, misses it, gets nailed with a code breaker, gets back in the walls of Jericho, and this time it's the Lion Tamer where he's got full on his knee all the way to the back of Cody's head, and the the torque he had on his body was kind of gross. So what do we see for the finish of this match? We don't see a submission. We see MJF throw in a damn white towel. Now, on the surface, I'm like, wow, I didn't see that finish coming. I didn't think they'd go the Bob Backlund route with the towel. And then they did it. They did the, the deed. The dastardly deed. Of course... Jericho and the inner circle celebrate all the way up the ramp, drinking the bubbly, putting them on their shoulders, which had to be a not easy task. They were all struggling to get them up there. But um, it was what we saw after the fact where MJF is like pleading with Cody, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, and, and give, give him all the credit in the world. I'm like, wow, this, the way he put it, I'm like, okay, cool. So Cody's going to hug him. It's going to be a moment. 
Because Cody had that emotional look on his face, like, the whole time. He was mad, but, like, he almost looked like he was going to cry. And I'm like, wow, they're going to do, like, the hug thing. Okay. Nope. MJF kicks him right square in the balls. Just drops him. Down he goes. And then, as the crowd is nuclear hot, pissed at him. He's walking up the ramp, and this huge drink just splashes all over him. Now... And I will say that I don't think that was, I mean, if that was supposed to happen, quote unquote, they really played it off because as the camera is watching MJF walk away, security walks over to to the the guy. The person that did it. Right. So normally you wouldn't get security involved. So. it was really well done. The whole the whole turn. Like because they've been building this and building this for weeks. And the whole time we're seeing this built, they're also building the title match. So now you're you're not even really paying attention to what MJF is doing. You notice that he's defending his friend, but it's really about Cody and Y2J. And one of the things I really liked, by the way, kind of backtracking, was the setup for this match with the judges. They get a nod to D Malenko and his history with Chris Jericho. They gave a nod to Arn Anderson and his history with Cody. They give, you know, Great Muda and his lineage and how he would be the impartial judge. So they give you the impression that the judges are going to play in to the finish of this match. So the whole buildup is like, they're never going to see this swerve coming. We've got this all laid out. And yeah, it caught me napping because I had no idea that they were going to throw the towel. Uh, so I'll admit it got me too. Because I expected... It to go 60 minutes. Yeah. And I expected the judges to play a part. And then Cody takes the dive, and he busts his head. And all the blood. And that was a lot real fast. Yeah, fast, but it wasn't as bad as that cut was. Yeah. So I don't know if they put glue on it or something or what they They did. They had to because it was wide open for the rest of the match. Yeah, and he went through, and once it dried up, it dried up. But so anyway, so I thought 60 minutes was in play. Then as soon as he busts his head, I'm like, oh, crap. We're in Baltimore, and according to the rules back from this match, there was not supposed to be any blood. That's why uh, Dusty lost. So I was like, well, they're going to pull that off. And then it was like, no, they're letting this go. And they're letting it go. And then he puts them in the in the walls of Jericho, and they show MJF, and he's got the towel. And I'm like, well, here comes the towel. Because he's holding it. It comes out of nowhere. He didn't have yeah, it yeah, any you other see time. It, like, it, it, the first time he's got him in the walls, in the middle of the ring, MJF's just pleading with him to keep fighting. Right. And then the second time, after the code breaker, you see him, he just ducks under the corner, and he all of a sudden, he's got this big, huge, white freaking towel. White towel, towel yep. And I'm like, what the... And, and as soon as I saw the towel, I was like, uh, here comes the towel. Because that, that's a gimme. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, after the match, I was expecting Cody to jump MJF. I was oh, really expecting Cody. I didn't even Cody. think about that. That yeah, could have been Because cool. the way Cody was holding him, he was holding him at a distance. Right. His right. arm was stretched all the way out, and he was yeah. he was holding him at bay. And then come the kick, and I was like, oh, my God, y'all are masterful at this. Right, right. They just, 
all these, and I mean, they had his mother out there cussing yeah. at Jericho and slapping him. I'm like, oh, this, because it would have been, would have been way too soon to take the belt off Jericho, but it would have been a huge feel good moment, like the whole crowd. But for what they were building to with their real, real main event, I guess I can see now why they went that direction. But that was. It was almost TNA like with how many different finished possibilities yeah, they booked. Yeah, but so they uh, didn't overbook the match. It was just the build up. No, I don't. I don't. I think it was in your head, in my head, and you know that they've been doing this. Yeah, yeah. you know they 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 retouch history, right? Retouch history. They've done it to us so many times. Yeah, and again, it's the simple little thing of him busting his head open. And it's like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, old school fans yep, like, oh, oh here we my go. god, Dusty, Dusty, that happened to Dusty. It's gonna happen to Cody, and you just bought into it. Yeah, the judges was the only smokescreen. Because remember, Hager left before. Kept... Uh, I think before. Yeah, they Cody hurt him, himself. Yeah, yeah. Well, or was it right around? It was. I think it was right before that Cody did the dive because he gets ejected, and now it's like, oh. Well then, when Cody, when uh, Jake Hager gets ejected, I'm thinking MJF's turning. It's just him. He's the only guy. He's the difference maker. So it's gonna be. So, but they didn't do, do that direction because that would have meant that he is immediately aligned with the inner circle. And I thought, well, okay, it's obvious, but it makes sense. But they didn't do that. They waited. Mm. And then I'm like, man. So they're not gonna do it. And then I thought, what well, you thought as far as the judges, this is going the distance. It's gonna be a judge's decision. That could be kind of cool. We haven't seen that in, like, forever. Sure. But, no, they, I mean, it was a whole lot of red herrings just to make us all go, Son of a bitch! <laughs> and throw it at I mean, I don't think it was overbooked. I think it was the right story for the right two people and the right match. And, again, it goes back to making my point. If you put the belt on Cody, every swinging bobblehead, is going to scream, oh, y'all are terrible. They're already they doing would, that. They would never do that in the WWE. So we're just going to forget the Attitude Era and <laughs> the I mean, 20 years after that the McMahon's... they're already doing that. They already attack him for his uh, throne breaker where he did the hammer on the throne. They attack him for the, yeah, but we're you not, know, he was yeah, in but, title matches, all oh, that's crap. You know, it's you're always going to get that idiot that thinks that they have... But again, the entire... Bobblehead Nation would be in arms. Yeah. And they would forget that Triple H has done it a million times. That Stephanie has even done it to hold the title. That mm-hmm. McMahon has done it. You know, they will have forgotten all that. That'll be like it never happened. Cody is the biggest villain out there. Right. It's smart to let it for him not to hold a title. It does make the build up now for the eventual clash between MJF and Cody. Because I have a feeling what they're gonna do is they're not going to let these guys touch. They're going to keep them away from each other until a, de- a predetermined date, and then they'll fight. Well, I think Cody will probably take a sabbatical. You think so? With it, I, just a, a few weeks. Have picture of his head? Yeah, yeah, it was a pretty nasty shot. So I, th- I think he's going for maybe two weeks. And back to that medical report, they did say he's not cleared to perform at Dynamite this week. So oh, I, I, again, that's, that's what you, you don't need him. Yeah. I get the feeling from him, and you can see when he's on camera, that he almost would prefer to just be in the back. Like, I think he wants to see, you know, I've done what I want to do in wrestling. I want to do this Mm-mm. 
and lead a company? I don't think so. I you think, don't think he, so? I think he wants to hold a world title first. I mean, wouldn't the Ring of Honor World Championship count? Not in your own company, though. Yeah. In the I, NWA? I, I mean, I think the NWA may sure. hold some some personal gratification, but AE, AEW is, like, literally competing with the WWE, right? To the point that the WWE in the last two weeks has shifted everything they've oh, done. Oh, yeah. They've we'll, all of their plans. Yes, yeah. we'll, we'll touch on that here later. But this, being their company, I think would mean the most. Even that NWA title. Yeah. Holding the AEW. And then maybe he's done. I just get the feeling that just from watching him when he's doing his interviews and everything, I, I can tell that he's getting a, a validation out of all of this that he never got anywhere else. Sure. Just from the creative and the... It's a whole different kind of performer, I guess, or performance. But period. again, though, so... His promo last week, there are so many people saying it's the best promo ever. Oh, yeah. Right? So Including many insiders. Yep, yep. So many wrestlers. So many. Everybody is like, that's the best promo ever. Right? So he's going to keep doing this, doing this, and maybe he becomes what they need, not, not The Rock or not Austin or Hogan, but maybe he becomes the guy that now everybody has to tune in and watch. Mm-hmm. And then the gratification is going to kick in. I mean, I think he loves every minute of it. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I think he's he has put the company on his shoulders and is like, there's going to come a time I will carry this. I mean, literally take this company to the next level. So MJF stabs us all in the heart. Only you. And kicks us on the Only walls. you. Why, MJF? You know what he would say? guy in the alley said, saw that one. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I think that when he's when he plays heel, when he does that whole heel thing, I think he's fantastic. I don't think he's playing. No, I know. I, <laughs> I don't, don't think he's playing. I think it's no, just who he but, is. Yeah. No, I don't like, think I that's who he is. I don't think he's being ass on TV. I can yeah. be an ass all the time. I don't think yeah. that's who he truly is. But I think he is has a company that says... You're the biggest heel out there. Yeah. Go be bigger. So he did StarCast. We talked about how his tickets were priced higher than everybody, including yeah. Sting. Yeah. Sold out, by the way, for his meet and greet. So I saw a picture of one of the autographs he left for somebody. And he said something to the effect of, hey, Aaron, your wife's a whore, MJF. <laughs> like, what the <laughs> Okay. The one where he was arguing with the person? Uh-uh. He was sitting at the table, and the guy's like, I want an autograph. And he goes, I don't care. <laughs> I think the guy's really a prick. Like it's like, like, like he prick. literally was like, and the guy's like, "Can you sign it?" You know, it was all set up, but right, right, still, right. it's like he's like, "What?" You know, <laughs> yeah, finally he's like, and he like scribbles something on a piece of paper, and then he sets it beside him, puts the pin down, and sits there. Doesn't even hand it to the dude. Just like <laughs> there is no way that they let that 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 is not all. Like allowed, he cannot be that big of a prick. I mean, literally, think about this. I mean, hey, even if he's not, I Again, still think the fact that we're all, that we can even have the discussion. Yes, he but here's be. another guy who can literally, if they're not careful, become the hugest heel in the world, and you know people are going to start turning in. Right now, it's a smaller audience. You can get away with that crap. Yeah, 
But if you start getting up into two million, three million, and people are out there wearing scarves all over the place, oh, their their audience is already. I know, but do you want that MJF to be turned loose? So that's what I think Uh, he's. I think think they're going to. I think they're going to be a victim of their own creation. I think he's pure genius, and I think they're just like you go be you. I. I if there's one fear I have for AEW is that people are going to make them feel like they have to rush. It's like when we talked about when they first announced when they were coming out, because we're getting to that point now where pretty soon the numbers aren't going to matter. It's going to be whose show is really better. Because the re- right now, because we're in that first, we'll just say first year. The numbers are going to plateau after yeah. a while. And that's be- what I think the 800 and 800 is going to be. I think we're just going to see that number. For a while. Yeah, but so yeah, that's you talking, right? So they've gone from, yeah, we had a war, enough to spark interest, to, man, we don't care what they do. They have never rushed in anything they've done, right? What other American company tells stories in a wrestling ring? That's true. Right? And granted, the numbers have dropped from, what, uh, what was it, a million and something down yeah, to 800,000? Yeah, 1.4 down to eight. But if they keep at eight and they keep at steady at eight, they're doing more than they already said they were going to do initially. And every show, doesn't matter what you watch, every show drops after the first couple shows. Right. Because then right. life takes in, takes over and people go, oh, okay, I'll watch it or I'll watch the mm-hmm. replay or I'll, you know. It's going to be what will happen here is, and, and this week could be a good, a good litmus of this. So they've had a hot pay-per-view and we're, we still haven't even talked about the main event. They had a hot pay-per-view. When they get to Wednesday, people are going to want to tune in and see what the hell MJF says right. to, you know, what's next for SCU. How does Cody handle what right. MJF Exactly, did. exactly. So people are already going to tune in. That what's number to me, the post-pay-per-view, yeah, the post-pay-per-view number is really going to tell a story. Now, NXT doesn't have anything to combat it because they're stuck in story mode right now where they can't, well, but, I guess they could try, but I don't think it would work. But again, though you're you're looking at AEW the way you would look at the WWE, right? So again, what are the pay per view numbers? Do the pay per view numbers yeah, go rates. up? <clears throat> right? Do the buy rates go up, mm-hmm. or do they go down, or do they stay about the same? If they go up, then you can expect Wednesday to go up. Yeah. If they're the same, Wednesday may go up. If they go down, Wednesday will probably be about the same. Because I imagine that 800,000 to 900,000 is probably your core audience for both. And what bought probably pay-per-view this weekend? Oh, uh, yeah. I don't I don't know if 800,000 bought it because some people watch it on Facebook. I mean, $60 is a lot for a pay-per-view. It's, <laughs> I paid it. Offered you to come over. We can't all be independently wealthy. You, you could have brought the kids. Hey, Mr. Cross, thank you. That's right. Did you just do that? I did. <laughs> I did. God. I just did it. Yes, I did. Jeez. Um, <clears throat> that's Mr. Ethan Cross. Oh, God. So, so hey, anyway. Enjoy the daylight while you can. <laughs> but, uh, I, you know, I, I don't. We, we have to stop looking at. AEW in WWE color glasses. 
They're completely it's, different it's not, animals. It, it's not... Well, okay, that's true. Absolutely. They're completely different. I'll give you that. They're completely but different. But it was not looking at them in anything else except numbers. Now, I'm not saying that they should be doing millions right now. My, my concern for them is that they're going to... And they haven't yet. But at some point, someone's going to make them feel like they have to jump the gun. They, and they, it's when they resist that. And maybe maybe last night is actually an example of them resisting that urge. But again, you're saying they're going to feel like they have to rush things. No, that's not. They, they haven't rushed from the beginning. All the way back to last year with All In. Mm-hmm. Right? They didn't rush that. These guys are solidified in changing the wrestling world. They have patience. Some of them have been doing it for years. Kenny Omega, been doing it for years. The Young Bucks have been doing it for years. They have patience. They're not going to get rushed. I think it's cool that we can even have the conversation of it, to be honest with you. I mean, I don't mind being wrong. (laughs) I, I dig it the most because, frankly... It's been so long since we could even have a discussion of this nature. Not even, like, deep in the weeds about it, but just, like, on the surface. There's been nothing close to this. So, it's just cold all around. It's cold. I know last night was a, or a fluke, but Cody needs to stop blading. <laughs> oh, I don't yeah, think that. that I don't last know night was, I don't a, was a blade. He, he didn't blade last night, but, he like. He hit that damn ramp hard. I don't. Was he trying for something different, like a senton or something, and he just couldn't get the rotation? No, I just think he knew he was going to go get his no, face Jer- on the ground. I yeah. just think he didn't land the way he thought he was going to land. Jericho, and maybe you shouldn't have your ramp be diamond plate. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, if you that, have your ramp diamond plate, that's going to rip something up. I mean, when I think about it, I mean, it's <laughs> like almost from to temple, almost all the way to the bridge of the nose. I mean, it was it was higher than that, but I mean, it just the length of that cut was pretty gross. So a couple more of them, you're gonna start looking like. <laughs> I want to say that when it comes to just hardcore matches, I'm not always a big fan. It's just not usually my thing. But there have been moments in you know ECW and other times where I've just enjoyed the hell out of it. And in this matchup between Kenny Omega. And John Moxley. First off, when they announced the unsanctioned piece, I was like, eh, okay, fine, whatever. But then they said the lights out thing. It was a subtle, but not so much kind of like, we want to make sure that the audience knows we're not okay with what's about to happen. So, like, the announcer's like, hey, we're going to turn the lights off. And when they turn the lights back on, anything that happens from here is not sanctioned by AEW. Which... I've never heard that before. Yeah, they did it. Uh, they've already done it before. In this AEW? Is, yes. This is not the first time in AEW. Wow. Um, I missed the ball on that one. You don't miss too many balls. Oh, God. Cheap attempt. Flarg. What? Tag like Wendy's? Go on, say it. You can say it. Say it. Shit. You like Wendy's? <laughs> No. <laughs> I'm not doing it. <laughs> Rob's about to say yes. He's like, hmm, I love when they juicy hamburgers and <laughs> bacon and french fries. Go on, say it. What do you say? Say yes. <laughs> yeah, no, we're not. We're not. 
So Omega and Moxley come to the ring. Um, the fan reaction to this was insane. So Omega and Moxley just start right out of the gate, just brawling all over the place, fighting each other. Um, Mox hits a black hole slam that just looked nuts, and it would have shook the spine out of any normal human being. It was pretty ridiculous. They started throwing trash cans. They started going all outside the ring. They th- they So was it a whole can of beer that Omega throws into Moxley's eyes? Because he basically, Omega's just, he's loving it, by the way. I think you're talking about what he takes from the fans? Yeah, a whole Budweiser and just whoosh into Moxley's Doesn't face. did he do it a second time? Too? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he took a cup from yeah. somebody and splashed it on his face. Then he took a can of Budweiser, splashed it into Moxley's face. And then the third guy tries to hand it to him. He's like, no, no. <laughs> yeah, right. That's true. He just, like, brushes the fan aside. Uh, it was cool because, like, he was he was really enjoying himself. Like, you could see... I don't care if you want to say it's from just his character, but I think, honestly, he was really having fun doing this this brawl with Moxley. I don't even know if you can call it a match, but the fight that these two put on was huge, and it had everything you could ask for. It had freaking... Okay, so this one I didn't like. The the table with the mousetraps. You mean the board? Was that what it was supposed to be? <laughs> yeah, it was just a big piece of plot. And he's like, "Let's, we're gonna throw him on a board and get him get beat up by a bunch of mousetraps." I'm like, oh, "Well, that didn't work out so well. You had maybe like four of them actually go off, and the rest of them just sit there." The devastating chain and the well, yeah, that but, was kind of cool. The chain was cool. The the board, I don't think he hit it right because he kind of hits it sitting up. So or the barbed wire that five people had to bring out. That was um, so. When you talk about hardcore matches and then you talk about like death matches and stuff like that, it starts getting to a point where, okay, this is a great hardcore and now this is a little bit uncomfortable. Like where we're going to take glass and we're going to like jam it into his mouth. We're going to. Yeah, but that would be sugar glass. That's what I thought it was, but I couldn't because all the powder like in the middle of the ring. There's no way that was actual Um, glass. But I was waiting for, I was waiting for the, you know, the lucha. Uh, yeah, they run yeah. out the big piece of glass, and they're like, "You're like, oh, now, yeah, <laughs> yeah, right?" Like the the barbed wire bat and the barbed wire broom. By the way, the spot where uh, Omega is on his back doing the broom with the barbed wire across his back was ridiculous. Well, yeah, but and you can actually, if you were to go back and look, you can look at his Moxley's back. Oh, I cut the hell out of him! Yeah, not just cut it, but it left divots. Yeah, there it is. There you just see him like dragging it across the back. Then there's the where he hits him in the back of the head with the bat, and that cut over. I want to say it hit his shoulder where it cut him. But that like well, when no, he there, pulls the bat up, like blood just. <laughs> well, there's one where he gets hit in the back of the head. The yeah. one where it comes immediately runs yeah, down yeah, his just, shoulder. Like rush of blood yeah, all down exactly his back and shoulders. Like in the back of his head near the near the nape of the neck. So there was no there was no doubt that these guys were pulling out everything they could pull out. But what happens I mean they even went Where's through the table. <laughs> this freaking mouse traps. That was the one thing I'm like, come on, we don't th- this is dumb. But then, like, they do the, the sugar glass, right? And they start just get ready to shove no, it in his I'm mouth. I'm assuming it's sugar yeah, glass. I hope. Because, like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, all right, now I'm getting uncomfortable. I'm like, this is not cool. But 
they get out of the ring, they fight up the ramp, and then they go through one of those spotlight spots. And I'm like, oh, that, and then Kenny Omega, when he dives to hit the V trigger, by the way, you see his head smash into the front of that lighting fixture. Like he smacks the front of it and then goes in with Moxley. So I'm figuring, okay, this match is done. It's, do- it's over. But then the Bucks come out, and that's where we see Nick Jackson still just noticeably dragging his leg really behind him. Um, and then Rob mentioned it. Five guys drag this huge bed of barbed wire. And it starts off, you know, Omega's going to hit the one-winged angel, and I'm thinking, that's going to kill somebody. But instead, Mox fights his way out of it, goes for what we can only assume is the FU to the barbed wire. Omega fights his way out of that. They go for a suplex. Mox reverses it. And they both go into the barbed wire back first, which was disgusting. That, in and of itself, I'm like, that's got to be it. That's it. That's the match. Someone's going to roll over, make the cover, we're done. Nope. They still somehow get back to the ring, roll the mat up, roll the canvas up, and then, yeah, Omega hits, hits a, goes for a, uh, what is that, a 540? 630, whatever, however many rotations he hits. But he goes from the top, he starts facing the crowd like he's going for a moonsault, jumps, turns, and then does the flip and goes face first into the hardwood. Just eats it. Worse than Cody's face first to the to the rail. But somehow Omega doesn't get busted open from that. I'm curious if maybe he didn't get a concussion from that. But it still keeps going. Finally mocks. Hits the paradigm shift, by the way, is what they're calling the double arm DDT now. An elevated paradigm shift where, again, it looks like Omega just eats every bit of that wood hitting that DDT. And, and Omega loses to John Moxley. And you know who's pissed is the ring crew. You know, because they're like, all right, there's a certain way we roll up them some bitches. There's a certain way we do things. <laughs> I thought, I wonder how they feel about tearing down after that's all done. Because he slashed every single, like, tie on the canvas. And I would imagine they probably do that all the time. Like, when they tear it down, it's just faster. Just slice all of them instead of pulling the string out. But this but then match, they were like, I'm not touching that. It, it struck That's me like a, it. <laughs> it struck me like a, a combat zone death match kind of thing. This was a John Moxley special. It was really what it was. Yeah, but I I wouldn't consider it a death match. Those I think are a little bit more hardcore. I mean, granted, there wasn't a sawzall involved and a cheese grater, yeah, so it could have no, gone a light bulbs. No, thank God. Um, I mean, we didn't even get tax. So. How many kendo sticks did they have? None. None. Not a single. They didn't use a kendo stick. They didn't use a chair. Nope. They used a table. There was uh-huh. a table spot where uh, Omega does his diving senton outside and smashes Moxley through it. Uh-huh. Um, but that was the only table spot they had. Uh-huh. Yeah, I wouldn't consider it a death match. Uh, I think it was just. A amped up hardcore match. Um, and there were plenty of spots where I kind of winced. Yeah. Like, oh, crap. <laughs> and then it just drug you right back into it. Yeah. 
and then it made you do it again, and it drug you back into it. Um, well, the crowd shots that they kept showing. Yeah. Or the crowd's like, <gasps> their hands all over their faces, like, oh my god! Because, I mean... I don't have my hep C shot! Yeah. <laughs> there's, points, there's points in this match where you're like, what? No, they're they're not really gonna. No, don't do that. No, stop because it's yeah. it's it's crossing that line between entertainment and this is a fight. Like this is brutality at a different level. Yeah, I think that clearly blurred the lines. Yeah. Um, but again, that goes back to their storytelling. I mean, I think that is legit one of the best. Hardcore matches I've ever seen. Yeah. Like, legit. Like, would rank up there probably in the top five. And, I mean, all the spots hit in the right spots. The The crowd, you know, winced. It made you turn away. It made you question why, you, why in the hell you were watching this. And I mean, even though you knew... Deep down inside, you know, what the business of pro wrestling is. Uh, if you didn't question what in the hell you were watching, um, you apparently were watching something else. Imagine you've got your five, six-year-old kid watching with you, and they hear and see John Moxley just being John Moxley. At this point, I mean, is there a point where you'd have been like, whoa, all right, let's, I, let's I, get them out of the room. Yeah, but I wouldn't have let my five or six-year-old kid watch that. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> so you know Omega and Moxley, anytime they get together, there's blood. Yep. You know Omega, by watching him and uh, Janela, can go to a different level as far as, like, uh, hardcore. Yeah. You know, Moxley is hardcore just based off of his history in, uh, what was it, CZW? Mm-hmm. Um, there's no way I would let my kid watch that to begin with. Um, because, so, again, there's to me, there's a certain level that I buy into what A and AEW says, right? They just, they, I buy into it. So whether it's a promo or what's on the internet or whatever, when they say it's unsanctioned and, oh, it's going to be Omega versus Moxley, and the last three weeks they've tried to go at each other with barbed wire instruments, you know it's going to be bad. You know it's going to be brutal. <laughs> There's no way. I'd have been like, uh... You can take your butt to bed. You're not yeah. watching this. Yeah. And it probably would have been one of the only times that I legit right out the gate was like, not this one. This is not for you. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there are ECW shows, shows, entire shows and pay-per-views that weren't. Oh, yeah. That didn't reach that level. That's true. That's true. I mean, from the heyday of ECW, there's times where I, that I can't remember seeing something the way that these two brought it. And that was, it was a, it was really kind of a, in my opinion, I think the two of them got together and said, you know what, we want to make this the hardcore match to beat all hardcore matches. Sure. All right. So here, here's a prime example, right? So 
you've watched wrestling for God knows how long. Yeah. Right? So all the times you've seen a barbed wire baseball bat, you've seen it quite a bit, right? Mm -hmm. in, in any of the major American companies, so WCW or the WWF, you know, one of the, the legit pro, not renegade type yeah, yeah. ECW thing. How many times have you ever seen them hit somebody with it and it actually, you give it a second and you can actually see the marks oh, yeah. from where the barbed wire entered the skin? Yeah, there was, um, like early on where I think it was Omega got hit in the back first. Yes. And all of the cuts and little divots in his back from where Started the barbs had jagged him and everything. Yeah. yeah. And then... It was Moxley's turn, and Moxley gets hit with the bat a few times, and the, mm -hmm. the little holes start appearing, and then Omega gets the broom, and he starts sweeping, and you're like, oh, that doesn't look too bad. Until <laughs> you then, see his back. <laughs> yeah, until you see the rake marks across yeah, his back, uh, and you're like, what well, in the hell? Oh. Yeah. Ew. Could you, <laughs> imagine you you've gone through thing. all of that, and you go, you go to your hotel to take a shower. Oh, <laughs> oh I, I imagine they, I imagine there was probably some some super glue or whatever they used on Cody. Oh was my probably God. applied there. I mean, just the thought of that alone. He gets home to Renee Young. Oh, hey, honey, how was your weekend? Oh, her yeah. Twitter was funny. Did you see her Twitter? Huh. She was just like, really? What the? F <laughs> <laughs> you know, and and it, it was funny. You brought that up. I can only imagine that if she was in Baltimore watching that. Oh, I'm sure her, she lost her. her yeah. <laughs> and not only that, but you know there were people in the WWE that were watching this. And they're going, oh my God, did we miss this? <laughs> did we yeah. screw this up? So here's the thing. Like with, yeah, you got to know the people up north right now are like, shh. How did Shit. we not do this? Yes. Because they could have. They could have easily did. I mean, okay, so you take away a couple of those spots. It's easily something they could pull off now. Well, sure. they could have done the whole thing when he was a lunatic friend. Yeah. Him and Seth Rollins it. in that would have been. And I still think that Seth Rollins, when he's done with his current deal, could easily transition over. Granted, it would be a guy like that that would have to switch. Like, he would have to do kind of like Mox did and not be... He would have to almost be taken off TV, and then when he shows up, it's immediately Tyler Black. All right, so let's let's pump the brakes here, bobblehead. You're you're having a bobblehead. See, you moment. say that. I knew you were going to say that when I did that. But here's the thing: you have but your opinion of who can make it. But why? Yeah, I'm not talking. I'm it? not talking about who can make it. Right. Right. So you literally have. To, we've discussed how they are different. Animals so, all together. What what means? What's to say that he couldn't do it? He could definitely go with those guys. It's not about going with him. What has he done to make you think he can tell a story? Well, I mean, from what I watched with Ring of Honor, he's done quite a bit in WWE. I mean, they just don't tell a story. So I mean, you really can't. So I, mean, again, I wouldn't disagree with you on that. Do you think he can lose at WWE? Just because he Moxley leaves the did. W Yeah, but Moxley had it in his head. Cody did. For some time. Cody Cody Sean left. Spears did. They never gave Spears a chance. This is your world champion. But, and, and, perfect. 
10. But what I'm telling you is that, <laughs> to me, it, it would have to be a lot like Moxley, where he's off TV, and the next time you see him is, there is no doubt it's a different person. It's actually... I- Moxley instead. Just, of, that's uh, not Dean Ambrose. Just you know I mean? because they may be great there, that doesn't mean they transcend over. And again, it goes other places with other people leaving one company as a mid card. Yeah, going to another place and becoming champion. Yeah, right. It works the same way. You can be champion in one place. That doesn't mean you transcend up. Because here's the thing that you have to look at, right? Those 800,000 fans that tune in, are you going to get them to buy into him no matter what you call them? Case in point, in the 80s, you could not have taken Hulk Hogan and brought him down to the NWA. Yeah, but that's... that's... It's the same thing. You couldn't have done no, it. No, the in business the 80s. is completely different now. No, it's not. You have you, but you, you also took you took Tully and Iron up north, and they didn't get nobody bought them. Thank That's you. not true. They did get bought, and they were at the top of the card. They For were how long? main event level. That's only because no, then they yeah, went back. But however, but however, they were they were bought in. Right. However, listen to what you have not listened to the fans, right? The AEW fans, right? You Nobody listens to them. This is why they are so passionate about AEW. Because they are tired of the WWE. These are fans that, again, will walk across the street to go see an These industry. are also the same idiots that think that Ryback would be a great signing by AEW. I haven't been no. sold yet on what a true AEW no. fan is. So what? You're reading the boards and over half of them are the bobbleheads, right? I don't even think they're even really wrestling fans. Half of them don't seem like they have a clue. But the, the ones that are turning out have been accepting of just about everything that's put in front of them. But that doesn't mean that Seth Rollins can leave the WWE, come to the AEW, and be successful. It's not a guarantee, sure. Sure. I mean, I'm not but sure. It's, I think you he'd have talk a better like chance. It is. I think it's a better chance that he could do it than, say, a guy like, uh, God, I don't know. I don't think Braun Strowman could do it. Do I think Braun Strowman's a hell of a talent and could do, do better than where he's at? Of course. But he'd never be able to make it in the AEW. He can't go that way. He just can't. So, but again, though, we cannot assume that just because we've seen this him act this way in the past or wrestle this way in the past, that he's going to be able to do this. Moxley is a success. Why? Well, it's because of who he is. Right. So we have gone to hardcore, and we are probably going to make a division just for Moxley, Janela, and that style. Right. Right? We'll keep them like this, right? But Rollins now has to start telling stories. He's now got to buy in, make these 800,000 people that religiously watch AEW, because that's where we're getting at, right? Buy in. Just like Hogan in the 80s, just because he's a big name up up north, doesn't mean he comes down here and becomes a well, big sure. name. Well, sure. I mean, there. To your point, there's no guarantee. Again, but I think he's got. Sti- I, think I see he has both the sides. I see both Omega, sides. right? This is exactly what you're talking about. 
guy on the on the AEW Facebook talking about Omega. Well, if he went up north, he'd just be a mid-carder. You're talking about the greatest wrestler in the world. Who Why was told did my staff at WWE to leave and go to go Japan. to Japan and okay. go go do because he'll never things. get his due in the WWE, yeah. right? So, but again, you now have a WWE fan who cannot see who what I'm. It's not just me, wrestling critics, wrestling insiders, former wrestlers, current wrestlers. They all say Omega's the best in the world, but you've got a fan. Huh? He'd be a mid card. He could never stack if, up to if, the rest of them. If but he was pushed up there right every, now, with, they would force him into a mid-card role. No, that, that would make the sentence accurate. But again, it doesn't matter what the office said. If Omega goes up there and were performed like he is, they'd have no choice but to put that title on him. But if the we've fans don't like buy in... Before. We've seen guys like that before, and we thought the fans were going to make, make a change, and they didn't. Who know. have you seen like Omega go up there? Like Omega, yes. the closest would be Punk. And the closest would be AJ Styles. And what'd you do with him? I mean, he ran you, He ran with that the title. The fans forced him to put the title mm-hmm. on him, and he held it for how long? Well, in, his, in the, like the top yeah. 10 yeah. of all time, longest reigns. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting because, again, this is like when we were talking earlier about how... We're talking about just the idea of the conversation is cool because 20 years ago we couldn't have had it. We didn't have anything to have this. So even if eh, maybe 20 years is a couple years too long. But anyway, the truth of the matter is I'd rather be able to have this debate and be able to look at it and go, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe he couldn't do it or maybe he could. But the bottom line is the truth of the matter is what puts us back at the same spot is that we're in a really cool position where wrestling right now is in such a diverse area where it can go any direction. So, okay, you very strongly believe that, hey, just because he did it here doesn't mean he can get it back. Correct. Maybe you're right. And I'm not I'm not going to be the person that says, no, your opinion's wrong, because it's your opinion. But the truth of the matter is, the coolest part of it is, we can actually have this discussion in feasibly in, I don't know, whenever his deal enters or, erupt or exits or whatever, expires. It could happen, and we could say, okay, well, sink or swim. It's not a guarantee because they've been very vocal about, you know, we're not just looking for every, hey, you were in WWE, come down, come down and work with us. Correct. They want the right fit for the right company. And, and I think that will continue to be, as long as they stay with that formula, I mean, that's going to be what makes them who they are. Well, but so- I think you're going to have guys that can and probably will transition and be successful. I think Seth would be one of them, but I think it would have to be the level of what Mox did. And to your point, I don't know that Seth could remember that much of what he did before FCW and Seth Rollins was born. So you you have an intriguing question there because I don't know that he could. Would it be interesting to see? Yeah, because I would love to see him and Omega. I would love to see him and, you know, honestly, him and Cody, but him and MJF and all these other guys. Because at that speed, I think he could do it, but I don't know. But, But, and again, to your point, though, him and who in the WWE go at it all the time. How many times does he face main event level talent? Yeah. On a weekly basis. Sure. Guess what you got to kind of do in AEW right now? Because they don't have a lot of fillers. True. 
Sure. Any of them guys can go. But I think he can go at, a, at whatever level they put him at. I mean, he's the kind of guy that... I think Pac would eat him up. Pac would probably make him I go back up north. I would pay good money to watch that match. Especially because of the fact that both of them work similarly in the air. I would love to see it. I, I think Lockwood would probably him make him go back up north. <laughs> I think Omega would make him go back up north. I, think, I don't know about the ooh, rest of them. Omega, I would love to see the match with him and Omega. Now, I'm I would not, love to I'm see not, like a best not, of seven or something. No, I'm not talking. I'm talking like, here it is. Here's your winner. Go figure it out. And it's better be a five star. I know and Omega can do it. In the ring. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure Seth could do it. Seth. I should call him Tyler. <laughs> in that regard, I don't know. I mean, that's but that's what's so cool about it is because we can actually say, well, could he? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe you're right. Maybe that happens, and they're like, "See ya." You couldn't do it. No, oh, I don't think they'll do that. I'll be like, like uh, "Here's that, the meat court." Bigger question, though: Do you think that guys up there right now could call it in the ring if they had to? No. Any of them outside? Well, of no, I, I won't say they Samoa can't. Joe? I won't say they can't because they well, probably they won't, do. But they probably do to some extent. Yeah. However. You're dealing with a boss that says you can't wear this white outfit no more, Seth, right, because yeah. I don't like it. Yeah, that's true. The white and gold. So, and actually, I thought it was kind of cool. Easy. Easy bobblehead. That's the WWE guy you're hey, talking about. I'm just saying. <laughs> but then, again, this is where these debates are cool because... I don't care how we go about it, and I don't care what direction it ever takes. The fact that we can do it is the coolest Here, part. And here's a prime example, right? <laughs> Let's take the WWE's poster child, current poster child. The Fiend? No, he's not the poster child. Roman Reigns is still the poster you, child. That's a stretch. No, he's, it's how not. How is he the poster child? Uh, he's not even made a Because they right won't now. let him go for nothing. Well, I mean, that's Vince. I'll give you uh, that. I'll give you that. Hey, That's pal. a nice thing. Hey, pal. You're, you're still did, a poster pal. child. I don't care. I don't care if you're losing to some NXT dude. You're 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 my man. Wow, he's got a feud with uh, King Corbin right now. That, my friend. That but is, uh, uh, hey, five stars. What do you think happens to him? Uh, I think he starts that would doing be an the whole of a guy heading right on back north. Uh, you know, <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> And but, has has the talent but, I to mean, probably do it but that would be wrestling, like, like, but has no other talent. I think that's the that kind of a signing would be the caliber, and I hate to do this to him because I like the guy, but that would be the caliber of signing Ryback and expecting him to blow up. It ain't going to happen. He would get down there, and maybe you're right. Maybe he could go wrestling-wise. I'm not going to give him that much credit. I like the guy, but at the same time, I'm not going to say that he could go out there with Omega and tear it up. There's no way. I'll be that guy that says there's no way in hell he could go with Omega. I'll be that guy. I'll put it out there right away and say that if Roman Reigns and Kenny Omega were in the same ring, if it's in an AEW ring, there's no way Roman could keep pace with that. And if it's in a WWE ring, we would turn it off halfway through because we'd be disgusted with the fact that Kenny Omega just got made to look like a bitch. It's just it's you, all about the different producers. What you have to understand is not just Omega. It's like the top five or six guys that are capable of going with Omega. I so would, he would, I would say he would do well with Cody. They worked together before MJF. I have no idea. I haven't seen enough of MJF to really get a feel for how talking, he is. We're talking to AEW ring, right? He's got to pull out stops right. even with Cody. 
I don't think he pulls them up. Oh, come on. With Cody? Cody wants to tell a story. They'd make Do it you work. think he can tell a story? No, no, no. With Cody, they would make it work. They would find a way. Do With you? a lot of the others, outside of maybe Dustin, I, I can't see it. And maybe uh, Spears. Guys he's been in the ring with before, you know what I mean? But but and I'm not trying I'm just being honest. Like Pac would eat his lunch. Guaranteed. He'd choke him out. It would be like Omega when he got choked out. He'd have his head between his legs and we his lips would turn him blue. We would be seeing that right there. Because it's just the way those matches are produced. I don't think he could do it. That would be an example of a guy that's up north right now that probably can't call. Yeah, very few of them can. I honestly believe it. Even even the bigger names, that doesn't mean they're going to trans transcend. You get a guy like company. like Steen or Sammy or Shinsuke; those guys definitely could transition just fine. They'd be fine. But like maybe even Apollo Cruz, because of where he's done it before he got here, if he's not so far removed from what he used to do. But does Apollo is he able to tell a story? A yes, story? but would he be top top tier? I don't think so. But again, here's another example of a guy like I've seen snippets of him before he got the WWE. Outside of that, I really don't have a lot of familiarity with him, and we've not really seen what he can do because I mean, just because we're yeah, mm. we know he's good. We don't know how good, and we don't know what he's really got to offer. But we know what Kevin Steen has. Mm-hmm. We know what you know El Generico has. So it's almost a given. Yeah, they do just fine. They would be just fine. Shinsuke Nakamura, it's a no-brainer. It would be him and Kenny Omega would be phenomenal. But a lot of these guys you're naming aren't necessarily no, you're top-tier right. guys. Only which because is of where they're crazier. working. But only because of where they're working. There's I no question. I think... We all know that WWE's whole system is right. broken right now. Right, but. There's just no way. And as much as I like Bray Wyatt, if he was down in AEW, I don't know that he could do it. I love watching his his work. I think he is super smart. And apparently, he's the guy behind The Fiend. Period. It was his idea. Creative didn't pitch it. He pitched it. So that tells me the guy's a freaking genius. But could he get in a ring at the level these guys are performing I mean, put him in there with Sammy Guevara. Sammy Guevara is, for all intents, a cruiserweight. He's all over the ring. Put him in there with Spears. Okay, sure, he's worked with him before. Cody, okay, he's worked with him before. Dustin, same thing. Jericho, okay. Now what? Because <laughs> you got a crap ton of people behind him. I mean, Adam Page, that'd be a great match. Mm-hmm. Um... So, I mean, that's what makes it so cool. That's why I, I don't care where the where the debate goes as long as it's happening because it's the, the dreams are possible right now. Doesn't mean it's all going to happen. I think out of everything that could possibly happen, we're going to see the revival when the deal expires and, yes. and AJ and, uh, well, not no. AJ, but mm-hmm. Gallows and Anderson. Nope. They've signed long-term deals. Did they too. sign the same deal? Yes. Uh, they signed them before AJ, I think. Well, you're getting paid. Or no, maybe AJ signed him first. And then Gallows and Anderson, there was a question, and then they signed long-term deals, too. I can't say I blame them. Apparently Orton signed a long-term deal. There was no doubt in my mind. All the hinting he was doing at, 
on uh, Instagram was just trolling every fan he could do. Mm. Standing in front of the elite level sign, like, oh, he's going to AW. But no, he's not. No. Because, <laughs> no, again, not. that's another one that maybe in his prime could have climbed to the ring with some of these guys. Well, that's the thing. Like, we but have some guys that we see now. that we hate. Like, we're not big Randy Orton fans and all of that. But we get told consistently by people that watch and that perform alongside this guy that, oh, he's, he's one of the best. I don't see it. I don't get I don't, it. Mm-hmm. I never understood it. But apparently, like, Dustin consistently refers to him as one of the best that's ever gotten in the ring. Yeah, but so he may be one of the best. He may be one of those guys that just makes it look smooth. Right, yeah, yeah. And that's not one of the things I hear a lot about him. Yeah, too. not one of the best, like, right, right. people to put on a match. He may just be one of the best people to work with. So, full gear, let's let's close this up. Uh, grading scale, let's go one is the worst, five's the best. One through five? Yeah. And yeah. I had a letter score. You want to do letters instead? No, forget it. Uh, we'll do the sure five. show. <laughs> Rob, one through five. Four and a half. Ooh. Stout. I would go a little bit higher. Oh, of course. Of course you would. 4.75. So so let me... He priestly really ruined it His gold platinum AEW fan club card. So, all right, so while y'all are making fun of this, we've already discussed how the hardcore match was probably the best one you've seen. The Jericho match was very good with Cody, right? You've already touted Rio and how good her match was. Yeah, but that's only because the tag match was good. Uh, You know, the triple threat was so fast you couldn't pay attention. That's true. I can't argue with that. That's true. So why couldn't it be higher? I'm not going to say it's a five-star pay-per-view, but it's getting pretty close. All right, well, literally, put a, when, put a number to it. When there's a match, you already did. Oh, we caught it? 4.75? Yeah, I'm not going to go some crazy 4.51. <laughs> uh, 4.51. He did say it'd be higher. <laughs> I would give it, at, at the very least, I'd say a 4. I don't I don't think it's, it goes a whole lot further. Any, I don't know. It doesn't get much closer to being uh, on the level. Of being perfect. But I don't know. I mean, I guess me, I'm just doing just an even number. But <laughs> I can see what you're saying. Because there weren't any real... Well, there weren't really... There weren't any standout botches at all. That I saw at all. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if you any, saw any. I, didn't. I don't remember any, um, anything in particular. And the other thing that I noticed, and this is something that's kind of a side note. Where are these people coming up with the, the dislike for Jim Ross's commentary? I thought Jim Ross did really good. Like, I thought he sounded good. He was excited to be there. He was interacting with Excalibur. There was no... people mad that he's there. Is it because it's he's like that an old WWE it, they, guy? They, they just don't want him there? Well, they also feel like Jim Ross is an era, a bong, bygone era. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, oh, you bring him out, and it's the nostalgia. But, I mean, you got to take it for what it is. The man is the best play-by-play guy we've had in the business ever you know i mean he's a legend and you know he doesn't do it every day like he used to 
Well, and the thing is, like, I noticed when he was calling New Japan, he stumbled a lot. It was just not in his wheelhouse. And he was also calling it from another room right. in another country. Not there, not able to really be engaged with the product. And so then when he finally does, of course, he's playing catch-up. But that's different than what we're seeing now. What we're seeing with Jim Ross now is, yeah, when he first started out with them, yeah, he got some of the names a little jacked up, and he was a little bit behind the curve. But I think not only has he caught up, I think he's leading the way. And and here's my answer to the criticism of people. Oh, well, he called this person by... Have you ever never called somebody by their different name? Have you never called, yeah. you know, like if you have kids, have you ever know, have you never called one kid the other kid's name? Yeah, yeah. You know, have you ever not been at work and been like, hey, Bill, I mean, Steve. Yeah. You know? Well, and at the same time, I mean, to, to along that same line, Tony Schiavone is doing a, a great job. Uh, I It really doesn't feel like Tony Schiavone has missed a beat with Dynamite. I like how his appearance, I mean, he's slimmed down, he looks, you know. He sounds happy. Mm-hmm. He sounds like he genuinely wants to be there. Like you remember towards the end of WCW, where he's like, "Yep, we got another match going on." No, I, I mean when he came to that NWA drink. thing, <laughs> when he came to that NWA Legends thing. It looked like he just like left his couch to come in like, "Well, you know." Yeah, that was the. First... I would do some play by play for baseball and some other stuff, and but I think the rest of people. I think that was, and he attributed to it as well. That event was what opened his eyes that wrestling wasn't just WWE. Like, he could get wrestling, back And that's the ball. problem we have. Like, there's so many people, and that's the big talk of all this AEW, WWE bull. It's like, there's so many people that don't see wrestling for what it is, and it's wrestling, and it's great product. Yeah. And what people just can't, people have to get bought up in the whole WWE, AWE. It's like, AEW, it's like, just enjoy what's in front of you. Mm-hmm. You know, like if a star leaves one, okay, that doesn't mean they're going to go up north. That doesn't mean they're going to go down south. The hell, WWE pays people enough; they may just go home. Yeah, you know, I mean, like, well, and that's where and that's where it's really cool. I'd I'd rather be able to have like we do this a lot, and we used to do it just about how bad Roman Reigns was, but we actually he's now still is. And our our show is has now like a another alternative where we can say and. If anybody wants to throw that whole slant where we talk only WWE at us, I don't think they can do that anymore. Um, we've focused on all sorts of different companies. Ring of Honor, NWA, AEW is is the hot brand right now. You're going to focus on what's hot. It's not, it's smart. I mean, you got to It's not the save all, end all. It's not the only thing in yeah, town. Yeah, exactly. It's one of the best periods of modern day wrestling that we've had. Yep. You know, for a wrestling fan, and if you're just a WWE fan, you know what? God bless you for your limited view. But, you know, <laughs> if you're just AEW, where the hell have you been in the last 20 years? Right. You know? If you're just NWA Power, okay. Yeah. If you're Impact, I'm sorry. Somebody needs to lead you out of your mom's basement. <laughs> well, uh, Sammy Callahan and Tessa Blanchard are about to headline their pay-per-view called Hard to Kill. And outside of almost all the stuff that I would agree with you on when it comes to Impact, I gotta say, I'm looking forward to seeing Sammy and Tessa. Yeah, but again, it's a great wrestling product. You know what I mean? Their wrestling yeah, is definitely there's wrestling yeah. out there. Yeah, there, and there's something for everyone. True. You know, if what you saw on Saturday doesn't tote your boat, you know, hey, whatever. If what you don't see on what you don't see on Monday and on Friday helps you, hey, we got something for you. There's something for the else. Of the week, yeah. You know, but wait, there's more. 
You know, I joke about Impact. Impact's got good stuff going on. I just don't watch it. I haven't figured out where it is. <laughs> I love Lucha. Hey, Lucha wasn't everybody's cup of tea. True. Didn't you know, they, aren't and it they wasn't... coming back for another? No. They're, well, if they I are, it's I be... read that they were uh, working on another one. So last I saw, when it comes to Lucha Underground, there was some litigation in the works yeah, about... legal stuff about paying bills and stuff. So Joey Ryan, uh, Big Rick, remember Rick with Stevens? No, I never, I hardly ever watched it. I couldn't um, get it. Uh, you can't go wrong when you're commit when you actually have Lorenzo Lamas <laughs> as a character, King Cuerno, who then gets his head squished by the magic glove of Luke Cage. <laughs> and there's a whole bunch of others. <laughs> um, but there's this huge suit that was going on, and all of it stemmed from them trying to tell like Joey, Johnny Impact, and uh, Ty Valkyrie that they couldn't work anywhere else. So, supposedly that's still in litigation. If they ever get out of it, yeah, I'd like to see him come back. I mean, the Johnny Mundo. Good. Of course, Johnny Mundo is not going to work anywhere else because wherever else he's Johnny Impact or Johnny Morrison or Johnny Come Lately. You know, like I wonder if he never thought about that. Well, I'm not Johnny Mundo out there. I'm Johnny Nitro. Yeah, <laughs> I am Johnny AEW. You know, like hey, supposedly he was going to be on Monday Night Raw, and then he's like, "Ah, hey, thanks for reporting that. I didn't know." So whatever. Oh, man, this is uh, one of those episodes where we had a lot to dig into. Uh, I think we gave Full Gear a full rundown and a a real honest review. Uh, Next week, same bat time, same bat channel here on C2CRadioShow.com. You can catch up with the show on Twitter at C2CRadioShow and Facebook at Corner to Corner Show, Corner to Corner Wrestling. Always check out the fan group. We always got something going on over there. You can find Rob on Twitter at... Rob, do you have a Twitter anymore? Rob Hefner, C2C. I tweet every now and then. You do? Mm-hmm. Haven't seen it. Brian's on Twitter. I don't. <laughs> He's on Twitter sometimes at STRCP21. I always forget the 21. Like here lately, it's been real. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, you can you catch up with me. You just want to say Professor Dickweed. I don't know what you do. Well, I mean... You can find him there, there. When he's right, he's right. And they right. <laughs> and, of course, you can catch up with me at Stan Grubb just about everywhere. So, thanks again for listening. We will catch up with you next week right here on Corner to Corner Wrestling Radio. Have a good night, everybody. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.